Here we go. Here we go. A Night in Malaysia, Part 2, podcast number 225. Okay, my friends, thanks for tuning in. And if you are listening to this podcast first, this is actually a part two, so you might want to back it up and go back to podcast number 224, which is the podcast I didn't get to last week. So I'm just making it up and packing it in there. And uh, you, you might be able to listen to this one on its own, but you'll probably enjoy it a little more if you listen to A Night in Malaysia, Part 1. So here it is, my friends. Malcolm, after taking me to a great restaurant with all his friends, uh, like a true Malaysian restaurant, and he said tourists hardly ever eat here. I'm eating this soupy material the soup-like dish called bakute. Oh, bakute was so stunningly delicious, absolutely delicious. And as we were closing, I mean, we spent, I got to say it again, Malcolm and his friends, they took about two hours out of their day to meet me at one o'clock to pick me up. And then every, all their whole friendship circle met me at this restaurant at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon and they have jobs. And then they, they, they spent like two hours total to drive there. It took a while to get there, to eat, and then to leave. It really was a kind gesture because the food was so good. And we had such a great time in that, you know, in that daytime in Malaysia. And then when we were, uh, when we were getting ready to finish eating and leave and pay and do all that, Malcolm's like, Alejandro, what are you doing tonight? And uh, I was like, well, you know, Malcolm, I'm... Basically, I don't know. There's some Toastmaster activities, but I'm pretty open. Um, I'm getting on a bus going to Malacca tomorrow. I, I, I'm off for another five weeks. I'm just going to be tromping around Southeast Asia. They, they thought it was great that I was going to Malacca. And he's like, well, Alejandro, there's a market tonight, like a street fair, and we'd love to take it because that's you, you want to get a real slice of life in Malaysia. He's like, that's the real Malaysia. He's like, we're eating real Malaysian food, but like, you want to you want to see the culture? You want to see Malaysia? Then uh, we'd love to take you to this. We're going to it. And I was like, yeah, let's do it, you know. So Malcolm dropped me off, and he's like, yeah, I'll pick you up in three hours, you know, and uh, we'll go out there. And uh, I think he showed up. It was probably 6 o'clock. And, you know, I'm packing up. It's the last night of the basically the Toastmasters convention. Uh and it's basically my free day, so there's nothing going on. It's the day after. A lot of people left. You know, a lot of people, a lot of Toastmasters flew in and flew out for the international conference pretty quick. One person actually was just there for the weekend, which is insane because it takes like 20 hours to get there by plane, you know. I was like, no, I'm here for five weeks, five more weeks. I'm here for six weeks total. And then there were some people left over, and they were like, Alejandro, what are you doing? Are you, are you, you going out to dinner tonight? And I was like, nah, I'm actually going to a, a street fair, a festival. Like, I got some Malaysian friends. They want to take care of me. So they're like, okay, all right. you know. <laughs> and again, this girl's like, I, I want to go with you. <laughs> I want to do what you're doing. And uh, yeah, so, my, you know, I packed up my stuff. I got ready, and... And uh, made sure that I could check out in the morning, paid for everything online, figured it all out, figured out how I was going to get to the bus in the morning. And and uh, 
yeah, Malcolm picked me up and then we, we just cruised to this, this market, you know, like, a you know, like the Pike place market, you know, it's just an open market at night. And, and, uh, you know, Malcolm's kind of prepping me for it. He's like, yeah, there's a lot of gritty food. You know, there's just a lot of just just normal Malaysian people, a lot of like street people. You know, he's like, you're probably going to see some panhandling in a way you've never seen before. And and uh, he's like, you know, we just hang out and we watch people and we eat food and we check things out. And it was such. My word, it was such a great time. I had so much fun in the market you know he's like i you know there's a lot of stuff for sale but it's all really cheap he's like this is like back alley cheap side malaysian market you know he's like if you want to get quality stuff you got to go well to kind of that mall like that mall that we went to was just unreal they had like a small fair on the outside with rides kids could get on and a small ferris wheel i mean it was gigantic i couldn't believe this place uh, but not not this night festival, you know. He's like, it really comes on at night. You know, we got to turn lights on. And there were so many people there. And it was just so cool to be hanging out. It was such a beautiful night in Malaysia. And I even told Malcolm, I'm like, this is exactly what I want to be doing right now. This is, is exactly the slice of Malaysia in Kuala Lumpur that I want to see. Because I didn't really get to spend that much time in the city of Kuala Lumpur, you know, because basically I get there and, you know, within a day and a half, I'm uh, getting used to the time change. And then there's the international competition. There's all these classes, you know, people want to talk. I'm, I got to train. I got to practice. You know, I'm, I'm kind of obligated to go to certain meetings and speeches. And, and then, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of downtime at night. There's not a lot of activity going on at night other than going out to eat. And uh, I just really wanted to see a little bit of Kuala Lumpur, such a great Malaysian city, you know. And and uh, as we were driving out there, we were kind of leaving, leaving Kuala Lumpur a little bit, going out into the suburb where this street fair was at. And and uh, he said, I don't know if you noticed, but we don't have a lot of old buildings. We drove by this old post office or something, some kind of government building. He said, yeah, people want to tear that down, but there's a big movement to keep it. He's like, normally in Malaysia, we don't keep old things, you know, not like in the United States, because he's always making reference, as I said in part one. He's he's like, you know, we don't have like historic buildings and stuff. You know, Malaysia, we just want to we want to tear down the old and and build up the new. We don't we're not that interested in the past. And and uh and then one day I was talking to, I was like, hey, Malcolm, what's that music? He's like, oh, he started laughing. He's like, oh, that's a, he's like, that that's the, the, the Muslim music. They play that six times a day because, you know, uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia is basically a Muslim country. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's what I thought it was, but I just wanted to be sure. And and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, they're playing it, at, you know, six times a day, very early in the morning. And he's like, you know, the whole city shuts down. Basically, when the music starts, because people, you know, most people in Malaysia are Muslim. And uh, he's like, yeah, the, everything shuts down for that time frame and people pray for, you know, whatever it is, 15 minutes, you know, all facing the same direction. It's very powerful. It's very beautiful. I love the devotion of Muslims. It's incredible. And, and uh, I think later when I was coming back from, when I was coming back from, 
Malacca in Indonesia. I spent a couple more days in Kuala Lumpur and I did get to see Malcolm again. And he asked me about the bus. I was like, oh, on the bus ride, you know, I, I thought this was really weird. I saw, a, I saw a dog. And when I saw that dog, I realized that I haven't really seen any dogs in Malaysia, not like, well, in the United States where they're, you know, they're just running around everywhere. And Malcolm's like, oh, yeah, there's some passage that Muhammad mentioned about dogs. And basically, most Muslims don't keep dogs as pets. And if they do, they're very small and you usually don't see them. And he's like, it's not like the United States. And I just thought that was so funny. And uh, Yeah. That street fair, the food was just incredible. It was kind of like the Western Idaho fair, but just, you know, just for one night. And I mean, I can't, I was stunned at how many people were there. And Malcolm, these guys gave me, they fed me, they wanted me to try everything. I mean, I had so much food I couldn't eat. At one time, I was like completely bloated. And I was just looking at all this food that Malcolm was giving me. And he's like, oh, Alejandro, you're, you're done can't eat another bite huh he's like that's what we like in malaysia that's how we treat our guests is we always give them more food and my word it was true like i gained so much weight on that trip it was just unreal unreal but i was like where where's the garbage can he's like oh no don't he's like just throw it in that canal and it you know i paused for a minute i was like in that canal and then i you know, I looked over the edge because they have a canal like they have here in the United States with water in it. And it was just filled with garbage. I was I was I was a little appalled. Right. Because I work for the Bureau of Reclamation. That canal moves water around. And, you know, it kind of like it hit home for me working for reclamation to kind of see how dirty that was. And uh, I was a little surprised at how how dirty Kulana Lumpur was. And then we got out in this suburb city and it was like real gritty. And this street fair was super gritty. I mean, yeah, there were like, there were these homeless people. This woman had this just severely uh, mentally disabled child, physically disabled. Like it just, it was a hard sight to see. And she had her child, you know, it was probably like 15 years old, just laid out on this cloth. It just looked, it was just this really pitiful scene and she's crying you know just begging for money and you know and you think it's a big deal you'd think it'd be a big deal right but that's what Malcolm said he's like oh yeah that you see that he's like just wait five minutes and then we rolled around the corner of this fair and then there's another scene just like it right it's like kind of being in Tibet but in a different kind of way you know I mean we see the same things here in the United States but not quite like that boy that was big up in your face. When I was in the Czech Republic, there's a law that homeless people can't, uh, they can't approach people and they can, you know, basically most homeless people are in a kneeling position with their hands in prayer position, uh, but open. Like that's how they receive money. They can't really like really be forward and get up in people's faces and uh, do all that, you know, and we're definitely not used to that kind of stuff. But man, we had you know, and it's Malcolm and his crew and me, you know, that's when that's when I was talking to Mar- Malcolm. We were having a real heart to heart about how he enjoyed hanging out with me because it's a lot like Raj. And he had a lot of one handed 
subtleties, right? He kind of, I could tell that he spent a lot of time hanging out with Raj and I had mentioned that and he's like, oh yeah, Alejandro, you're hanging out with you is easy. You just, you, you took Raj's place in our friendship circle, which is nice because we miss him, you know? And, and, uh, that's when I asked Malcolm, I was like, Hey Malcolm, I, I, I want to ask you something. I noticed people look at me differently here about my one handedness than, uh, than, you know, than in the United States. And he's like, oh, well, Alejandro, that's because in the United States, you know, a lot of disabled people have a lot of rights and, you know, there's government programs to help them get jobs and you can't discriminate against them. And, and uh, you know, and they, they, they live pretty open and, and free. And he's like, in Malaysia, no. He's like, if you have a disability, basically you're kind of ostracized. You know, you're kept in a closet, so to speak. And, and uh, he's like, I've been doing a little research on you as a professional speaker. And he's like, you should come to Malaysia and speak. Like, you can really make a big difference here for people. He's like, they look at you because they're amazed that you're out. <laughs> and he's like, and you're pretty confident. So, you know, that kind of throws him too. So it's a good thing. He's like, you should come back, you know. And and I, I, I really do want to get back to Malaysia. Uh, my good friend Doris she, she came to the, the Dharma Center here. She's in Malaysia right now, but she hooked me up with this crew in Malacca. I got to do another podcast about my time in Malacca. Wow. Yeah, Doris took really good care of me, and I just reached out to her because uh, I, was, I was in Malaysia this time in 2014, you know, and my, my Facebook page is hitting me up with all these memories, right? And Doris clung on to one of them, and she reached out to me, and she's like, oh, hey, uh, you got to come back to Malaga. You got to come back to Malaysia, you know, and uh, just Gladys and, and Matt. And, you know, she's uh, had such a great time there. Oh, my word. You know, I've been doing a lot of Buddhist pilgrimage stuff, been to Tibet twice and uh, to Nepal. And I want to go back to Nepal and China and I'm planning a trip to Tibet. But we'll see a pilgrimage to Tibet in 2022. We'll see what the pandemic is and and uh, if I can even get there. It's not looking so good. Um, and you got to plan a pilgrimage, um, uh, you know, at least a year in advance. So we'll see how that goes. It's hard to say. Um, so there it is, my friends. Hold on. I'm going to try to do something here. Okay. I had to get a little more time on my podcast, stretch that out. But yeah, we had a great time. You know, we I had a great time with Malcolm and his friends, and and uh, you know we we really opened up, and and uh, I really ha I made a really good connection with Raj, and I told him I was coming back. You know, I was going to get on the I was going to get on the uh, the bus to Malacca, right? So it's like a four hour trip, and that that bus ride was so enjoyable. It was just nice to kind of be done with the Toastmasters competition. And then to have that night with those beautiful people at that festival and the food, the bakute in the morning, and this really took care of me. And then, you know, it's nice to just have a little calm and peace and really nice bus ride. And I got to, you know, just see the landscape of Malaysia all the way down to Malacca, which is just a beautiful tourist city. I mean, it's just so amazing. And then I, I had a great time with Gladys, the queen of the queen of Malacca. Uh, Doris's friend. She took really good care of me. And I spent five days with a Vedic priest, Matt. I mean, just, I mean, come on. It was an incredible time. We had such a great time, such a great time. And we, every night we would go hang out with the king of tea. It, <laughs> man, I had such a good time. 
you know, and then I was off. Then I, I spent uh, four days in Singapore. I taught Buddhism in Singapore for, I think it was for two days. And I spent three and a half days in Singapore. So that was a nice little break, a little fast. You know, I joking, I jokingly, I jokingly say uh, in Singapore that we were uh, always running late, always looking for parking and always in a hurry because, you know, Singapore is an island country. It's very small. It's very dense. And uh, it's just, you know, traffic is intense. So, yeah, we were always in a hurry, always running late and always looking for parking. But I had a great time with the, the Singapore Zochen Sangha. They treated me really well. I had a, I just, you know, I wish I could spend more time in Singapore. Such a beautiful country. Such a beautiful country. And just the architecture there, very modern. Very modern. I mean, like, Singapore is on the cutting edge. You know, they're definitely running running uh, neck and neck with uh, Dubai. I mean, but D- Dubai got crazy money. Um, but Singapore was impressive. I mean, they have a building that looks like a durian, you know. So that, that says something, you know. Oh, I didn't even mention that. We went out to eat durian, right, the most stinkiest food in the world. People say it smells like a, a toilet, but it's, cre- it's like toilet toilet scum ice cream. And in Malaysia, there's a law you can't you can't carry that on in, you can't carry that in public transportation because it does stink. And we actually went uh, in in uh, Kuala Lumpur. Malcolm and the crew took me to this area of town that's just all durian. Yeah, and we were just eating durian galore. Malcolm's girlfriend loved the stuff. Oh, amazing, you know. Um, and then you know from Singapore, I actually went. I got a tip from Lama Ongmo about, oh, if you're going to be in that area, you need to go to Borobudur, which is the largest Buddhist temple in the world on the island of Java in Indonesia. But I'd already booked everything. So basically, I'm going to have to book my ticket from uh, when I was in Malaysia. I think I ended up doing it when I was in Malacca. And, you know, and I mean, I'm just freeballing. I I didn't even really think that I needed a visa, right? But luckily, when I landed in Indonesia, I could just walk over and, and get, you know, get a, a tourist visa for 30 days, even though I was only there for, I think I was there for five days. So I landed in Jogjakarta, uh, which is the center city. And I think they have one of the largest outdoor markets, puts Pike Place Market to rest in the world. Uh, which I thought was amazing. So I spent a day and a half in Jakarta, and then I got a bus ride. I actually got a private van ride. And the van, the guy that drove me to Borobudur, we're still friends on Facebook. We still connect a little bit. <laughs> I think it's great. Uh, and it's funny, too, because he doesn't really speak great English. But when he was driving me to Borobudur, I could tell he wanted to say something. And I looked over and I just kind of nodded like, what? And he, it, this, is, this, is, this is what he said. Ganesh or Buddha? And I was like, Buddha. <laughs> he started laughing. He pointed at himself. He's like, Ganesh, you know, it's like, oh, he's Hindu, I'm Buddhist, you know. I got, he, he drove, it's like an hour and a half ride from Jogjakarta on the island of Java to Borobudur. Um, cost 10 bucks. I spent three days at Borobudur, mostly circumambulating, and, and uh, I was on a micro pilgrimage. But I met beautiful people there. I got to do a podcast on that. Holy smokes! You know, and then I came back. I spent another night in in Jogjakarta uh, at a beautiful hotel. My my word! Oh my word! So tiny, so cute. 
this guy owned it. He, he said his father built it, uh, brought in all the stone from Bali, right? This kind of thing, just really amazing. It's paying 25 bucks a night. It was slamming impressive. Um, uh, yeah, so then from there, I spent the night, got up, flew into Singapore, spent the night in Singapore, and then got up, and then they put me on a bus back to Malacca. Then I spent three days in Malacca with Matt and Gladys and the King of Tea. And then, uh, then I got on another bus and I spent, I spent a day and a half with Raj's family. His, his mother and father and sister put me up uh, in Kuala Lumpur because I'm flying out of Kuala Lumpur. And I'll tell you what, they took, everybody took such good care of me, but Raj's parents took such good care of me. I had such a great time. I want to get into it, but I, I got to bring this podcast to a close but Raj's family, we were sitting around eating dinner, and and uh, he's like, Alejandro, what do you really want? What do you want to do? You know, when you're here, like, you know, you're not here for very long. Like, what, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do? And I was like, All right, this is what I really want to do. I really want to do something that's very culturally Hindu, like, and I mean culturally Hindu. And then I said, I'd like to see a part of the city that's very Hindu, if possible, you know. And uh, it'd be great to go to a temple. And it's so funny because the whole family just started smiling like, oh, like you want to do, you want to do what we do. <laughs> and they took me, they took me to this Hindu temple that was just so astounding and deep and vast. And, and they took me to the deep parts. They're like, oh, this is what the tourists do, but we'll take you deep inside this temple. And they did. Oh, my word. And then the first night I arrived, they took me out to this place to eat where you have to eat with your hands. It was really so incredible. Um, and then the, the, the next night, they took me to what's called Little India, which is this little area of, of uh, Kuala Lumpur, which is mostly Muslim, but it's called Little India. And it basically seemed like Little India, you know, even though these guys are originally Pakistani, but they live in Malaysia. Right. And then uh, the final night that I was there, they're like, oh, Alejandro, we're going to take you to our my niece is actually graduating from this dance school that, you know, only one girl actually graduates per year. It's like a very hard program to get through. And, uh, you know, it takes like 10 years to get through it. It was he's like, it's totally Hindu, like. It was so amazing. I'm going to have to catch you all up. I think maybe the next three or four podcasts will all be about my time in Malaysia. But yeah, you know what? Uh, Malcolm and his crew and Raj and yeah, they took really good care of me. I had such a great night. My last night in Kuala Lumpur for the first time, right? Round one uh, was just incredible. It was such an incredible night in Malaysia. And there it is, my friends. Okay. Uh, thanks for hanging in there. I apologize for not getting my weekly podcast out last week, but I doubled up this week for you, telling you great stories about my travels. And, uh, you know, let's see here eventually if I can get some videos online now that I found all those lost videos. That's so amazing for me. So uh, let's leave it at that, my friends. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe. Be cool.
See, I told you. He's strange and wonderful. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets.